0: Let's pray together. You know, Father, there are just days when you remind us again of how magnificent your love is. And like the writer in the New Testament, who can measure it? If I ascend into hell, you're there. And if I raise up into heaven, you're there. How wide and how deep is the love of Christ? So we just want to proclaim that, and we proclaim it in song. Thank you for receiving our songs as a sacrifice of our love for you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I found a new way to measure the love of Christ this week in a way that caught me by surprise. Sometimes silence can be so loud. Let me show you what I mean. Let's look on the screen at Matthew 26. Matthew 26 and verse 50 says this. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back in its place. For all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? How then will the Scriptures be fulfilled which say that it must happen this way? Verse 55. At that time Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as you would against a robber? Every day I used to sit in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place to fulfill the scriptures of the prophets. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Verse 59. Now the chief priest and the whole council kept trying to obtain a false testimony against Jesus so that they might put him to death. They did not find any, even though many false witnesses came forward. But later on, two came forward and said, this man stated, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. The high priest stood up and said to him, do you not answer? I had to ask myself, this week, what could I do with 72,000 angels? I have to change that question. See, a legion is 6,000 angels. He said, My father would give me more than six legions, 12 legions times six. So I have to ask this question What would I do with 72,000 angels? at my disposal. He says, do you not answer? So look at this verse on the screen, Matthew 26, 53. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father? And He will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. You see, as the King of Heaven, we're learning about this in Revelation. He's accustomed To angels, myriads of angels serving every single request, everything he asked them to do. So he could speak with great authority. He could say with emphasis I've got 72,000 angels waiting to bail me out of this, but I hold my tongue. You see an example of this in John 12, 29. So the crowd of the people who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. Others were saying, an angel has spoken to him. See, we understand that Jesus communicated with the angels. People heard thunder and assumed that's what's going on. But there's an Old Testament prophecy that said, when Messiah, Mashiach, would be killed for each of us, that he would be led as a lamb to the slaughter and that he would hold his tongue. Look at this verse on the screen. It comes from Isaiah 53, 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers, so he did not open his mouth. The word is alam, and it means to seize control of your tongue, to tie it up. So that's what we find here in Matthew 26 63. Jesus' response. When the high priest said, Have you no answer? The writer says, But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ. The Son of God. Here's a cool word picture for you. When Scripture says Jesus remains silent, before you receive communion in just a few minutes, get this word picture in your head. Look at the definition for the word silence. pa'o Properly mutinous, a hush as quiet water. Have you ever seen a stream of water and off to the bank where there's a hole and there's just a pool spinning? It's not part of the rapids. It's just a hush. And Jesus was just hushing, silent. So what does it take to hold your tongue in a moment like this? Immeasurable love. I have a new method for measuring the love of Christ now because of this. It's one thing to hold your tongue when you have no source of retribution. It's another thing when you have 12 legions of angels. So think about this. The one, Scripture says, whom the world was spoken into existence through Light existed, day existed, animals existed, you existed because of his spoken word. He only had to say one word. And yet, he remained silent. So in Matthew 26, 63, it says, But Jesus kept seal pa'o. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. I don't know if you've ever put all the verses together in which we're told that Jesus held his tongue, but I put several together here for you, and I just want you to see them before we receive communion. So here they are. First one, Matthew 27, 12 through 14. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he did not answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? And he did not answer him with regard to even a single charge. So the governor was quite amazed. Mark 14, 61. But he kept silent and did not answer. And the high priest was questioning him and saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? Luke 23, 9. And he questioned him at some length but he answered him nothing. Mark 15, 5, but Jesus made no further answer. So Pilate was amazed. John 19, 9, and he entered into the praetorium again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So step forward in time from this moment and Peter's a really old man and he's thinking back on this moment in time And he writes this in 1 Peter 2.23. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. He made others speak. He healed tongues. He caused tongues to be loosened, but he made no defense for himself. Why? The word of God could destroy the world. Do you remember the old hymn that you might have learned in church when you grew up as a child? He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world. songwriter got it wrong. He could have called 72,000 angels. But he chose to hold his tongue. Why? Because he didn't come to destroy the world. He came to save the world specifically to save us. But there's a moment when God will speak again. So let's look at the rest of those verses I was sharing with you. Matthew 26, 63, pick it up from where the priest said, I adjure you. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Look at his response. Jesus said to him, You have said it yourself. Nevertheless, I tell you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Amen? Amen? Amen. It was at that moment that they hauled Jesus out of the room, stripped him of his clothes, beat him with a cat of nine tails, beat his head, put the crown upon him, stripped him naked, and laid him out on a cross because he proclaimed truth and they can't handle the truth. So Jesus held his tongue. Why? Because he knew it was Friday. But he understood Sunday was coming. Isn't that cool? So that's why we celebrate communion. That's why we have the instructions that we have from Paul. That's why he said specifically, the things that I pass on to you, they were given directly to me. So here's what he said in 1 Corinthians. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So that's what you're doing tonight. You're proclaiming his death, what we just celebrated through Scripture. So this is Paul's warning to us. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself. And in so doing, he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So, if this is your first time here at New Hope, perhaps you've never experienced communion here before. Here's the way we do it. In a couple minutes, there'll be guys standing at any one of these tables in the back or up here in the front. And when you feel ready, come on up to one of these tables. And one of the guys standing at the table will say to you, just as a reminder, this is the body and the blood of Christ. Take it back to your seat with you and just hold on to it. And I'll lead you through the rest. But take these few moments just to talk to the one who redeemed you. Have you ever measured love by silence before? I'm not sure I'm ever going to look at a pool of quiet water the same way again without thinking of the silence of Christ. It was on the night that he was betrayed, sitting with his friends when he held this up in the same way he instructed us to do it and said, this is my body broken for you. Take it in remembrance of me. I can't but help hear the crack of the whip when I do that. He held up the cup and said, this is my blood that's been shed for you. Take this in remembrance of me. Father, we don't mourn as people without hope. It's a rejoicing that takes place inside over what you did for us. Jesus, that you redeemed us through the breaking of your body and through the bleeding. It boggles my mind. And then through it all, you had the capacity to call 70-some thousand angels, and you didn't. How immeasurable your love is for us. How wide and how vast, how deep, is the love of christ it's in the name of the one who redeemed us the one we call king of kings that we pray our king jesus amen